Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hello, welcome back to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and I'm glad you're with me here today. We're going to discuss drugs versus laser therapy for diabetic neuropathy. There's a lot of really valuable information here. Let me give you a quick rundown on what I'm going to cover with you today. This is all based on a research paper. I'll give you the title of that shortly. But the reason that I'm really excited to be bringing this in is not only are we comparing laser therapy with the medications that are typically prescribed for diabetic neuropathy symptoms, but we're even talking about eliminating that idea that this is just a fancy placebo or it doesn't really work well or the, oh, the patient was probably going to feel better anyway. Uh-uh. Not any of that is true. This research article helps to shut that down. So I'm Glad to be bringing you this. If you've been listening over the last few weeks, you've noticed we've been doing kind of an alternating business perspectives and research on laser therapy. You need to know not only that this stuff does work, but also how to apply it in clinical practice so that it can be something that helps your patients and helps your clinic grow and succeed. So in the next few minutes, we're going to cover information from this study, we're going to jump to the conclusion first and actually say, does light therapy work for diabetic neuropathy symptoms? Then we're going to get into a real breakdown of this study. We're going to talk about the background that they give on diabetes, diabetic neuropathy progression, and typical care. Then we're going to talk about the study design, what they did to evaluate patients throughout this care plan. And we'll talk about the participants because that's an important factor, selecting patients that are likely to improve with whatever treatment you prescribe for them. And then we're going to talk about the laser therapy protocols and settings that were used in this study to deliver these results. I will break that down for you line by line. There's a lot to get into. Let's start by telling you where this information comes from. This was published in 2019 in the BMC Journal Geriatrics, and the title of the article is Effect of Deep Tissue Laser Therapy Treatment on Peripheral Neuropathic Pain in Older Adults with Type 2 Diabetes, a Pilot Randomized Clinical Trial. Randomized clinical trials are what we like to see. Randomized sham-controlled clinical trials are what we really like to see. And that is actually what this one is. There is a sham control within this. But before I get into the design, I want to jump straight to the end. I want to give you the conclusion right now. The researchers say deep tissue laser therapy significantly reduced pain and improved the overall quality of life of older adults with painful diabetic peripheral neuropathy given the non-invasive nature of the intervention. Its high compliance rate and its safety profile, deep tissue laser therapy should be considered a safe, non-pharmacological addition to the standard of care for the management of pain in older adults with painful diabetic peripheral neuropathy. That is where we're going with this podcast today. So that's the results they got. I want you to know right up front, this was successful. Now, if you're new to any of this, if you're new to laser therapy or this podcast or to the concept of peripheral neuropathy, let's talk a little bit about all those items. Laser therapy is non-ablative, non-heating laser treatment. This is 
commonly referred to now as photobiomodulation or cold laser therapy, soft laser therapy, high intensity laser therapy. There's a lot of different terms. Essentially, we are utilizing non-destructive light to stimulate the body's repair mechanisms and pain relief. So no cutting, no burning, no hair removal, laser, nothing like that. Now, the authors of this paper give us quite a bit of information on the background of diabetic peripheral neuropathy, so let's go into that. They say it's defined as the presence of symptoms and or signs of peripheral nerve dysfunction in people with diabetes after the exclusion of other causes. Diabetic peripheral neuropathy has been associated with mobility limitation, impaired balance, falls, and declines in functionality of older adults. In addition, it interferes with sleep, daily activities, social interaction, and mood, thereby compromising the overall quality of life. But the biggest reason that you're going to see patients is because it hurts. It does not feel nice, and yes, it does affect all those other areas as well, but the main thing that's going to motivate someone to come to your clinic with peripheral neuropathy symptoms is that pain, numbness, burning, stinging, tingling that is just oftentimes driving them up the wall. Now, how does this happen? The authors in this paper say that there are various accepted theories related to diabetic peripheral neuropathy. Changes in the blood vessels that supply the peripheral nerves, increased thickness of the basement membrane, loss of parasites and endothelial hyperplasia, metabolic and autoimmune disorders accompanied by glial cell activation, changes in the expression of sodium and calcium channels, oxidative stress, and central pain mechanisms such as increased thalamic vascularity and imbalance of the facilitatory inhibitory descending pathways. There is a lot that we think is going on with peripheral neuropathy, and there's still a lot we don't know. But essentially, high levels of glucose in the blood do damage to the nerves and circulatory systems and result in nerves that are no longer functioning like they should and are dysfunctional, providing signals that they shouldn't, which then is things like pain, stinging, tingling, and so forth. Now let's play a little guessing game here. You've heard me before, probably be pretty harsh on the United States healthcare system. Go ahead, I want you to guess in your mind right now, where is the world's capital of diabetes? Which country would you say is the world capital of diabetes? Because when I read this first couple lines of this study, I was very surprised. First line this study opens with, they say, India is considered the world's capital of diabetes with a projected diabetic population approaching an alarming 70 million individuals by 2025 and 80 million by 2030. That's a lot of people. And while things are not good here in the United States, certainly many other countries are also not in good shape when it comes to avoiding diabetes, type 2 diabetes in particular, and then all the side effects that come along with that disorder. And this study was actually conducted at the All India Institute of Medical Sciences in New Delhi, India. So there's your background information for you on diabetic neuropathy. If you want to know more about what the research is showing on diabetic neuropathy, I've got a couple other episodes. We'll drop links to those in the show notes. You can check those out. Right now, I'm going to go ahead and push into this study design, the way this whole thing was set up. What they did is 12 weeks of standard pharmacological care for all the participants. So everyone in this study got the standard of care with medications to help control the pain. 
Then they split the population into two, and half of the participants got laser therapy. The other half got a sham laser therapy, where essentially everything was still the same. The laser simply did not emit any light. It still made the same noises. They still went through the same process the whole bit. And to evaluate the effectiveness of this study, yes, they measured pain, but they also did quality of life assessments. They measured systemic inflammatory markers in the blood, and they did the timed up and go test. Now they say the timed up and go test is one of the quickest and best tools to assess the functionality and lower in muscle strength of, of older adults and to predict long-term morbidity. So that's where participants are instructed to rise from a chair, walk for three meters, and then turn around, walk back, and then sit on the chair again. And to evaluate that ability right there, they just time them. So that getting up on your feet, walking, walking back, sitting down, locating the chair, maintaining balance, and, and so forth, that does a pretty good job of evaluating how well a, per, a patient is functioning uh, when they have a lot of neuropathy symptoms. Next piece here, let's talk about the participants here. Were these young people? Were these older people? Had they had diabetes for a long time? Was it relatively recent? What's the story? I thought this was quite interesting, actually. So they took 64 patients with confirmed type 2 diabetes. Their average age was between 64 and 65. Uh, average history of diabetes was about 11 years, so not a recent diagnosis or a bunch of young patients. And also blood sugar levels that were in the 150 to 190 range uh, for fasting blood sugars. And then the postprandial blood sugar after meal blood sugars were around 240. So these are not super well-controlled diabetics either. These people are not in the best health. This is not mild diabetes. This is full-blown type 2 diabetics. So not an easy study group to work with. And again, all the participants were given standard pharmacological treatment and then half got sham laser and then half got actual laser. Let's go ahead and talk about the laser treatment because we already know it worked. It, we already know that it worked actually quite well. As a matter of fact, in the active laser group, they had a 49% average improvement in quality of life scores, a 27% improvement in function, and a better than 50% improvement in pain. And both groups had some improvement in systemic inflammatory markers, but there was essentially no difference between the laser therapy group and the sham laser therapy group. Again, there was improvement, but that was maybe linked to the fact that all of them were taking the standard pharmacological medication route as well. But still, very marked improvements in pain, quality of life, and function for the laser group over the sham therapy group. So let's go into what exactly these researchers did for the laser treatment. First off, they used a light cure high-intensity laser therapy device. And that's something else that I hear is that class 4 laser therapy doesn't work. I still hear that. We know that it works. This is a prime example of how we know it works. High-intensity laser therapy is class 4 lasers or anything that can run more than 0.5 watts of power. These particular machines they used would go up to about 10 watts worth of power. There's machines out there that are doing like 80 watts. So these are far from the most powerful units, but still a lot more powerful than the class 3 lasers and LED pads that are out there that don't put out that much power. And again, very, very safe. There were no reported adverse events at all in this study of 64 people. So once again, they used a light cure laser, and what they did is they treated 
each plantar surface of the foot, so the bottom of the foot. They treated one side, then the other. They used continuous wave laser at a power level of two watts for about three minutes. If the patient did well with that, they didn't have any increased irritation, then on the next treatment they would increase the power by one watt and they would just keep doing that until they got to 10 watts, again continuous wave power for three minutes on the bottom of each foot. They also treated each side of the lumbar spine and they did that with the intention to stimulate the dorsal root ganglia and associated dermatomal patterns of the lower leg and foot. And so on each side of the spine they treated with the continuous wave laser again, eight watts of power for four minutes for a total dosage of 1,920 joules uh, for each side of the spine. Now, these light cure units use two wavelengths, an 810 nanometer wavelength and a 980 nanometer wavelength, but understand that all of the light force and light cure units that are out there do an 80-20 split. That means that they put 80% of the power into the 980 wavelength and just 20% of the power goes into the 810 nanometer wavelength. That is a fixed ratio. You can't actually adjust that on these machines. And so when we're talking about doing say 10 watts of laser power, there's eight watts coming from the 980 nanometer wavelength and just two watts coming from the 810 nanometer wavelength. If you're a total nerd like me, then that's interesting to you. If not, you probably don't care, that's fine, all right? So they treated the bottom of the feet and the spine to get this done. And again, very good results on that 12-week pattern. During the 12 weeks, they applied the laser twice a week for those first four weeks and then just once a week for the remaining eight weeks. Now again, remember they were comparing sham laser, placebo laser versus active laser but everyone was on the medication. So even the placebo laser patients had improvement that these researchers related back to the pharmacological treatment. But they say non-pharmacological means of intervention are a much needed alternative in older adults considering that most of the first line drugs such as tricyclic antidepressants, serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, SNRIs, anticonvulsant drugs, B12 vitamin even, pregabalin and gabapentin may lead to adverse drug reactions, including dizziness, lightheadedness, and drowsiness, which in older adults could lead to falls and related complications, also increased risk of heart diseases and stroke. So really, uh, drugs are bad, okay? And it's not good to be jumping straight to medications or maybe a medication-only approach to managing the pain from diabetic neuropathy. So really, these older adults need an alternative to just simple drug therapies. Now, not treating the symptoms from diabetic neuropathy is not a good way to go either. They say older adults with DPN often have complaints of reduced walking speed, impaired gait, and difficulties in stabilizing their body while walking on irregular surfaces. It can compromise balance during daily activities, which further increases the risk of falling and associated injuries. And peripheral neuropathy is associated with activity avoidance institutionalization, and mortality. The quality of life of neuropathy patients is often poor due to impaired activities of daily living and the nocturnal exacerbations of neuropathic pain. Pain can also isolate the older adults from social interactions and recreational activities, often leading to depression. So there's more here than just pain. There is 
actual mortality at stake. Quality of life is critical. Depression, there's so many different factors that feed into this. That's why, as a clinician, if you see this type of patient, you should be offering light therapy as a part of your treatment regimen. Not only is it highly beneficial for patients, but it is something that is profitable for your clinic and can be largely staff-driven. Your staff need training, yes. You do have to have the right equipment, yes. But this is not difficult at all, especially with Laser Therapy Institute's training programs. We even have a neuropathy-specific training track. You can get through it quickly. We'll give you the right settings. We'll help you select the right laser equipment. We will train and certify your staff so that you know that you're pursuing something that will be good for your patients and in turn is good for your business, good for your clinic. I mean, let's, let's be honest. We got to keep the lights on. We got to pay our staff and there's nothing wrong with making a little bit of profit from delivering a very valuable service. Okay, to find out more about how we do our training, you can go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org, look at the offers page. You'll be able to see what we're able to get you. Set up a meeting with one of our client relations specialists. They can get you a quote for exactly what you need for your individual setup. I will say too that our training prices are set to increase at the end of this month, July 2021. So go ahead, find out what you would need. You can get a totally free quote from one of our client specialists that will tell you what you need for your individual situation. If you have other concerns, questions, let me know. You can email me info at lasertherapyinstitute.org. Thanks very much. I look forward to being back with you next week for part three on business considerations. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.